by using all kinds of symbology, what is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers. Thank you all for listening tonight on this beautiful April 11th, 2017. We're broadcasting live from New Logic Studios in Miami, Florida. As always, we're located on what some would say is the third rock from the sun. Others would say a squeaky chair. That's the other guy. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. A small, warm place we call Planet Earth, where we cohabit, me and the other guy over here. He's a little squeakier than I am this week. Uh, now, to our intergalactic listeners, thank you for uh, being here with us. And remember, if you flip-flop when you zippity-boop-bop, you're gonna end, you're gonna have to bibbity hip up zippity boop pop pop. What? Just remember that. And okay. again, uh, for our interdimensional listeners, thank you so much for uh, being here for a nanosecond. Uh, thank you for staying. Uh, flat earthers, draw the line up there and you can have a seat. Thanks uh, everybody for being here. I'm of course Angel Espino. As always, with me is that guy over there making all the noise. My hetero radio life mate, the one and only, the one born to one day host his own game show. That's right. The other guy. My pink. That's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Did that sound that's convincing you. enough? That, that sounded right. very convincing. Yes. The me, now, the evil one, the sick and twisted one. We 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 we, we established that it was not going to be to, uh, to make a deal. That's not the show you want. Oh, okay, fine. Right. But I have another show that you could definitely take over, and it's all you, bro. Yeah. What show is that? The Pyramid Scheme. Remember that Pyramid Show from the seventies, eighties. Was it was. No, that's that's the twenty thousand dollar X amount of dollar pyramid, wasn't pyramid. it? Pyramid. Yeah, something like that. It was pyramid. It, it involved a pyramid. Not that it was a pyramid time. scheme. That's all you, bro. All you, my friend. The pyramid. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, With dun, the dun. other guy. That's right. So what are you up to this week, other guy? What's uh, new in your neck of the woods? We've been away for a little bit, and uh, you know we've uh, come back to have a fabulous show, and I know the audience is dying to know where you're at, what you're doing, what you've been up to, and uh, where the hell are you this week? I am in north of Orlando at my house getting ready to go to Star Wars Celebration. Woo! That's right. This is a big weekend for us nerds. That's right. It's geekdom. Thy geekdom come. That's right. That's right. It's going to be a four-day event, and uh, it's going to have some of the uh, big names from uh, the uh, Star Wars universe. Mark Hamill's going to be there, and uh, I man, I can't wait to see Mark Hamill live. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if you actually get in to see him or not. That's the whole thing. Well, he's going to be there what on Friday. That's uh, when he's going to be on the panel, right? Uh, he's he, he's in through the whole weekend, but. Uh, yeah, that's mostly when people are going to be seeing him. Uh, he's doing an ode to Carrie Fisher. Uh, he's doing a couple of other things as well, too. 
That's going to be really neat. Now, today they uh, released uh, the Omaze, um, I guess, uh, thing they're doing with uh, Omaze this year for uh, raising money for uh, for illnesses, uh, which is for a good cause. I mean, the money goes to a, uh, to a really good charity. Uh, and uh, they're giving away really interesting prizes. You could be part of the Han Solo movie coming out. Um, you could win a trip to the premiere of The Last Jedi coming out in December with uh, the big stars and actually mingle with the big stars. A lot of really cool okay. stuff. So if you guys check out omaze.com uh, and uh, check out what they're doing with Star Wars. It's really neat. But I was kind of surprised that that was the big news they were teasing about because I've been talking about this for the last few days and I thought it was going to be something like, oh, we're releasing the original trilogy in its uncut form. That's, that's the big news. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Ever. Would be nice, but, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, every fan was kind of like wishing that's exactly what it was, but... Yeah. Yeah, not happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to give that's a shout-out to... Uh, boo hiss, boo hiss. Yeah. Well, maybe one day. We want to give a shout-out to Lewis in the chat room. Lewis Sheehan, as uh, always, he's... Uh, uh, checking out the show tonight, and uh, good to hear friendly voices. Good to hear live voices on PSN Radio, for once. Really? Okay, well, yeah, jump we, to call I, in. I, a lot of it's been on hiatus in the last couple of months. It's been kind of funny. Of course, Nancy and Bill are still in their uh, for long, long hiatus. I don't know how long, how you know how long they're going to last uh, away, but uh, they've been away for a while. And uh, Sky Watchers, you know, we've been in and out a little bit in the last couple of months, so it's good to be live tonight. We have a great guest tonight. We have actually a returning guest uh, from a couple of months ago. We had him here in, on February, and it's one of uh, those guests that we just love having having him on as much as possible. Uh, Robert Morningstar is going to join us at midnight. I am so excited because we haven't heard from him or spoken to him in ages. Two months, dude. I just said it, two months. February. Well, to me, that's ages. Well, that, this is true. You work in dog years, right? That's what... That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But uh, Robert Morningstar is going to pick up where we left off the, a couple of months ago. We were talking about the hollow earth and about the inner earth and about flat earth and about all kinds of earth-related stuff. And, uh, the stuff earthy earth been... earth. Okay. Right. It's the, earthy. the earthy earth stuff. And we're going to talk about you know more of that. And we're going to you know pick up where we left off with him. And it's always fascinating to you know, have Robert on because he's one of these guests that always has new stuff that he's working on. He's constantly researching where, right. you know, when, when it comes to ufology or paranormal and uh, all that stuff. So well, I'll tell you, I'm not personally convinced about awesome. the flat earth. Uh, I'm, I'm more looking towards the hollow earth stuff than the flat earth stuff. That's that's more interesting to me. See, I don't I don't think either one are um, correct. You don't think that there's a possibility of uh, hollow pockets in the earth? I think there's hollow pockets in the earth, but I don't think there's an actual hollow earth like the entire thing in total. Well, it all depends on your perspective. So, yeah. I mean, I I honestly think that there's really large, large, massive, larger than the United States cavities in the Earth that I'm sure are more than capable and probably do support life uh, is my personal opinion. Oh, yeah, I'm with you there, but it's... That's one way of looking at it, but that's not the hollow earth theory in, in itself. The hollow earth theory is that the crust of the earth, the very, you know, layer that is uh, what we walk on, uh, has a flip side to it inside the earth, and the core of the earth is actually a, a sun that's, like, right there at all times, which would make it really hot if you think about it. Well, not necessarily so. It depends on the size of the sun and how much thermal energy it gives off. 
Don't forget if it's also rotating, that's also creating uh, the gravitational fluxes that we have as well. Speaking of which, uh, have we noticed how much the poles have shifted this month? No, how, how much have they shifted? I haven't uh, checked. That's why I was asking. Oh, well, you're asking the wrong person, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Pole well, shifting someone... does not bother me, my friend. That's not... No, no, no. Pole dancing bothers you, doesn't it? That does bother me, yes. Yes, yes, yes. it does. We, we definitely don't want to see you pole dancing. Uh, since you have a face for radio, you probably have a body for, uh, for the sea. Now, speaking of Uranus... <clears throat> uh, banter, banter, banter. Yes, uh, this is uh, directly from metro.co.uk, and uh, this is moved right into news uh, here. And uh, later on, we're going to have our blast from the a hole, by the way. But uh, moving on to the news uh, part of the show, uh, I wanted to get right to this. The Hubble just spotted something massive coming out of Uranus. Really? Yes, and that, I can't. Is it I dark and not. scary? I kid you not. I mean, no giggling, please. You know, I know that this is a funny uh, way of, uh, of, you know, saying doing it. Doing the show? Yeah. Well, that too. But it's a, it's a funny article title. I understand that. It's something massive coming out of Uranus. I know. I get it. It could be brown. It could be stinky. But no, check it out. The Hubble Space Telescope has spotted a huge shimmering region on Uranus. And it's caused by a powerful burst of solar wind. <clears throat> Folks, if you want to call in and actually comment on this, uh, Angel's about to give out that number since I still haven't memorized it. After uh, all I can say is it says solar winds. Anyway, 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. Uh, uh, now, scientists uh, from the Paris Observator- Observatory used a NASA ESA Hubble... It should be called up- Observatory at, at this well, point. Yeah, exactly. But it says the uh, Hubble Space Telescope took a look at the uh, u- the auras on Uranus uh, caused by... Uh, uh, streams of uh, charged particles like electrons, they come from various origins such as solar winds, the planetary uh, ionosphere, and the moon vulcan- uh, volcanism. Uh, they become, uh, they became uh, caught in a powerful magnetic field and are channeled into the upper atmosphere where their uh, intersections with gas particles such as oxygen and nitrogen set off a spectacular burst of light. In other words, the planet it's itself show. is farting at the universe. Okay. That's right, folks. The planet Uranus has just released one. Ah, okay. Uh, Folks, um, if you think that this is not newsworthy and it is fake news, please call into our show and complain to the complaints department. And uh, you can also email the the blasts through the a hole section uh, to do that as well too. Again, seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. If you want to get in and uh, give us your two cents on this spectacular news that planets are now farting. <sighs> wow! This is what we're down to, folks. Wow. It's, a, it's a very <laughs> slow week in ufology. Okay, now check this out. In twenty twelve and twenty fourteen, a team led by astronomers from Paris Observatory took a second look at the, uh, the uh, auras using an ultraviolet capabil- uh, capabilities of the space telescope. 
imaging spectrographs, STIS, installed in Hubble, and they say, uh, they say this, he says, hey, uh, track the interplanetary shocks caused by two powerful bursts of solar wind traveling from the sun to Uranus, and uh, then use the cap- uh, then used to capture their effect on Uranus's auroras, and found themselves observing the most intense auras ever seen on the planet. Woohoo! By watching the auras over time, they collected the first direct evidence that these powerful shimmering regions rotate with the planet, meaning uh, it's constantly farting. Look, the, the planet has a gas problem. Okay, it is what it is. Fine, if you say yeah, it so. Is what it is. They also rediscovered Uranus's uh, long-lost magnetic poles, which were lost shortly after their uh, discovery by Voyager 2 in 1986 due to uncertainties in the measurements and the featureless planet surface. And, of course, they were missing on the milk cartons for years and years, and they finally got found, so that's good. We found the magnetic poles. They can get them off the milk cartons now. Hmm. All right, sounds like a plan. So that's an interesting story. If you guys want to check that out, that's at metro.co.uk. It's not fake news at all. No, I'm not saying that it is this time. No, it's not fake news. Oh, no, no, it's not. I'm not like I said, I'm not going to argue with it. Yep. Okay, it's real news almost. Sometimes planets need to release some of their inner gases also, you know? Okay, sure. I'm just uh, saying Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for backing right. me up on that one. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm not gonna argue <laughs> with you. I'm gonna be like, okay, fine. Shh. Whatever. Shh. Now, if you guys uh, want to, if you want to follow along with what we we're talking about here, I'm gonna post that link of this story we just read on uh, Uranus uh, over on our uh, Facebook page. So check that out. Go over to facebook.com forward slash uh, Skywatchers Radio. Almost forgot our damn uh, URL there. Forward slash Skywatchers Radio. You, for- and, uh, you almost forgot. How almost forgot. Almost. But uh, uh, you go there right now, and it's going to be posted literally within seconds, so you can see that I am not BSing. It's a it's a beautiful white spot of gas, baby. That's right. A white spot of gas. Oh god damn! It's wow. beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay. Folks, uh, I'm not looking at the chat room, but if you're commenting about the corny-ass jokes that he's doing right now, please just call in and complain to him directly. Why got why, why to gotta be corny? Like, you know, that's with some poop, man. That's Anyway, moving on. Now, Space.com has reported a second great spot on Jupiter, discovered by astronomers as early as actually uh, yesterday. The, uh, the okay, that's, that's interesting. Now, a large dark, dark spot on the planet's high altitude uh, the thermosphere has been found by uh, it's been found to be about 200 K or Kelvin, cooler than the surrounding atmosphere or yeah atmosphere, which can range from 700 K to about a thousand K. Wow! Excellent. It has been uh, named the Great Cold Spot due to the temperature disparity, according to uh, professors in planetary astronomy, Dr. Tom Stollard explained. And uh, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder why it took so long to uh, discover the second cold spot with all the technology that we have in the cosmos now. I have no idea. Can I buy a vowel? No, no. Okay, fine. Well, I tried. I really didn't try that hard, though. I know, I didn't try that hard, but I tried. No, no. Let's see, Could be have... worse. It could be worse. That's right, it could be worse. 
So you travel could, to... Could be worse. Could be worse. Travel to Mars, and this is uh, by uh, Buzz Aldrin on April Ooh. 7th. Uh, this came out, and I'm going to post this on there also so you guys could follow along here on the uh, Skywatchers page. As, as well as the uh, article I just read, I'm going to post all three of them on there as well. So <clears throat> check this out. Look at, let me read this article here real quick. It says, Travel to Mars virtually with Apollo 11 astronaut Buzz Aldrin. So you want to go to Mars? Yeah. You ever wanted yeah, to travel does. to Mars? Yeah. You ever wanted to travel with a moonwalker? Is that name Michael Jackson? Yeah. Well, how about Buzz Aldrin himself? And you'll you'll soon have that chance to do it virtually. Oh, virtually. Not, yeah, not not in reality, but with virtual reality, you'll be able to do it for free. Now, check this out. This is pretty cool. Uh, Buzz Aldrin on the Apollo 11 astronaut, one of the Apollo 11 astronauts who was the second person to walk on the moon after Neil Armstrong is narrating a virtual reality project created by Life VR, time and tech company 8i. The project is called Buzz Aldrin Cycling Pathways to Mars. Yeah. Okay, so you got to get on a little bicycle and start going squeaky wheel? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a good exercise. Good cardio. Viewers using the uh, at-home virtual reality headset will be able to follow a 3D hologram of Aldrin as he travels from the Sea of Tranquility to the moon, where he landed nearly 50 years ago, to a possible site of a future Mars colony. The experience was released March 17th on a uh, steam of Viveport for HTC Live, and it came shortly after the Oculus Rift, a 360-degree trailer, is available on Apple's App Store if you want to go check that out, and also on Google Play if you want to check that out. And he said himself, he says, I was honored to be a member of the first crew to set foot on the moon in 1969, but I want to be remembered for more, he said. Um, now, he said in a promotional video, by the way, for YouTube. So the, this is uh, something that's pretty big, and it's free. So if you guys want to check this out, Google Play it or Apple Store, uh, you know, look it up. And uh, it looks interesting. I'm going to actually download it tonight and see what it's all about. All right. Tell me how it goes and tell me how it plays. Well, you should check this out. Do you have a virtual reality uh, Google headset yet or no? I don't have an Oculus uh, right now. Um but I do have plans on getting some type of a virtual reality something or other. Oh. I'm surprised you're not in on that already. You know, I like to be able to see where I'm going when I drive. Well, you, you, obviously you don't want to use it when you're driving. Well, doesn't mean you always can. I mean, you know, you want to, you want to use it and pretend you're driving. That's a different story. Well, yeah, true. I, I, I guess I could try that, yeah. Uh, all right. If you insist, fine. All right. Now, my uh, good friend and uh, our good friend here, uh, Zod Ryder, has become an expert on this virtual reality stuff. By the way, I don't know what you're eating or doing back there, but stop. Okay, Do fine. Sorry. I was just moving some coins off my desk here right now as I'm talking. Sorry. I'll, be, I'll try and do it really, really quiet. How about muting yourself? But I was talking at the time. Yeah. But it's better. All right, all right, all right. Hang on. Let me just put it on mute for one second while you tell that story. This is the only person that I've ever met that does a radio show that not only needs to multitask, but it gets loud as hell in the background when you know when he's supposed to be engaged in the conversation. And then you but get I am engaged in the conversation. I can the, multitask. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. That's right. That's why certain like answers back are like, yeah, 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, well, it is what I, it is. Dude, dude, you know I take an active participation in listening to you and trying to pay attention to you. Try. try. That's you right. Try. I try. <laughs> now, actually doing it, it's a different story. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job. Leave me alone. Ah, <laughs> uh, Crystal, why'd you leave us? Uh, we miss Crystal. <laughs> By the way, she she said she was going to be on one of the uh, next shows that we do. Um, I guess she wanted to do one more episode and then do some new stuff down the road, maybe um, you know from from time to time. Uh, so we might have her on in the next uh, week or two. Which, no, by we, the way... We miss her. Which, by the way, uh, if you guys were listening in a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we were supposed to have Dennis Crenshaw on the show. and Oh, yeah. Uh, that really went well. <laughs> <laughs> sure it did. That went really, really that, swell. That was a whole nother experience is the best words I'm going to say to that. And uh, it's funny enough, I had Dennis uh, hit me up on Skype a couple of times saying, you want me to be on now, tonight? And I'm like, really, Dennis? After really? what we experienced last time, uh, I'd like you to be on, just we don't really need you to be on. I'd like well, you to no, be on. Well, no, I'd like him to be on. We right. need him. He's a good guest, you know, if he get, get his Skype in order. I don't know what, and he's just think this is like the third time it happens. I don't know if maybe he's just like messing with us or if it's. An actual Skype issue, or if it's, I like, think it's aliens. Yep, it's if it's the aliens, or maybe the Men in Black, the Hollow Earth, you know, coming back to haunt him. I don't know what it is, but three the times the Hollow Earth I'll... coming back to haunt him. Yeah, he's a Hollow Earth insider. You know, he's the actual insider. Maybe people in the, the Hollow Earth are trying to stop the information. I don't know. Uh, can I buy a vowel? I really don't know either. I'm just wow. No. Anyway. With your coins. So anyway, so Dennis, who's a he will make it, he's a great guest. I've had him on the show oh, yes. before. Yeah, he's a good guest. Love talking uh, to him. But you know, the, the 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 thing is, you know, we've had three attempts now of having him on the show, and all three times something like terrible has happened. And the last one was just funny because he was trying to get on, and, and God bless him, he's trying to get on. I don't know what the hell is going on, and all of a sudden you just hear, ah, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> It was a little on the funny side. Uh, was it ever? So hopefully in the, the next uh, week or two, maybe month, year, I don't know, uh, hopefully soon, we'll be able to get Dennis on and, uh, and talk to him about his research into the Hollow Earth. Because, it, look, it, you know, all kidding aside, you know, the Hollow Earth, whether I believe that is a legit possibility or not, it's still a very interesting topic and subject, just like the Flat Earth, whether we believe it to be legit or not. The, the fact know, that people believe these things uh, is part of the, the well, thing that I, makes it I, interesting I, to me. I honestly think the Hollow Earth theory is, is more than a realistic possibility. Um, I can't remember where I saw this on the internet, but uh, one, someone who was in space, uh, I don't know which uh, people from the ISS, did an interesting experiment of doing a water bubble or put a, put some water in space without any gravity and spun it around and it made a hollow section inside with openings at the top at the bottom. To me, that, you know, if we were to take the Earth's crust and we were spinning it like that, um, it would form the hollow portion during the formation of the planet at the time. I, I found that really, really interesting and quirky. Well, I do believe we live in a bubble, so. 
Okay, as long as we don't, we're not flying on a flat Earth with a turtle carrying us. I don't know where that one came from. Doctor Who? I don't think so. There's an episode of Doctor Who where they're like, there's a city on the back of a uh, yeah, I remember that whale or something like that in space. Yep, yep, yep I remember that. I remember good that episode. episode. It was a very good episode. Um, you know, do you want to? And the whole thing boils down to: Do you want to forget or do you want to? Realize what the what's going on was yeah. the uh, theme of the uh, thing. Mm-hmm. To know or not to know—that is the no-no. Mm, blue pill or red pill with sprinkles. Ooh, frosting, mm. frost. Oh, that reminds me. I got to go get a donut now. I got to go. I got to run out and get a donut. Well, how soon till our commercial break so I can go get a donut? Mm, donut. Donut. <laughs> Dude, donut. This is, folks, uh, why we're still a little bit tubby. And uh, we're going to go to commercial break now. And actually, uh, <laughs> when we come back in a couple minutes, we have Blast Through the A-Hole, and we have a couple questions that are very interesting and a couple that are not too interesting, some that are uh, slightly interesting, and some that are just going to make you downright puke your guts out. So stick around for that. We have about 30 minutes of that coming up. Then we have the one and only Mr. Robert Morningstar, who's going to join us in the second so hour of the show. Uh, we're going to talk really... about hollow Earth, we're going to talk about flat Earth, we're going to talk about Earth itself, we're going to talk about space and time, we're going to pick up where we left off uh, a couple months ago, and of course, maybe just uh, go down a completely different rabbit hole. But either way, stick around guys, we'll be back shortly right here on PSN Radio's Skywatchers Radio with your host, myself, Angel Espino, and the other guy over here, Alan Weiler. We'll be right back. <laughs> Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. 
Hello? Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the instructions say... The what now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Huh? Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. <laughs> Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to GetSomeNuts.tv for more Snickers man coaching. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of steel and more supermanhomepage.com put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rate to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. everybody welcome back to skywatchers radio right here live on psn radio that's right psn radio we're back with our favorite segment the blast through the a-hole oh <laughs> i just love that title oh blast through the a-hole this week has uh, come up with some good stuff uh, alan good stuff let me tell you it's uh, it's been a little bit of a slippery road if you know what i mean to get through uh, some of this stuff and a little bit of a dangerous, uh, you know, bunch of questions that we got sent in this week. But I had to dangerous. navigate. Ooh. I had to navigate through the bad smell just to get to the good stuff. And I think I found some chunks that are worthy of airtime. Oh, God, really? Uh, dude, you should never, ever, ever become a comedy writer. I'm just telling you that right now. 
I wasn't trying to, but thank you very much. Now, the first yeah. blast through the air hole comes from Carol, and uh, Carol wants to know, would any of you guys actually date an alien and have sex with it? Well, it depends if it's a Nordic or a gray alien. Uh, obviously, the Nordics, hell yeah, sure, why not? Well, you know, what have I got to lose? You know, hopefully they don't have space aids or anything. Uh, Ooh. But, uh, yeah, you know, the grays, yeah, I don't think so. Well, what if it's like a green alien, like in Star Trek, you know, like in Captain Kirk has the green chicks? Oh, know? they're they're hardcore humanoid looking? Yeah, yeah, they're just green, you know? It's not easy being green, so yeah, I guess I would do that. I'm with you. I mean, I have uh, no racism in my heart. I uh, I don't discriminate. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, even if it's a gray alien and uh, it, it looks uh, sexy enough, maybe I've had a couple of drinks that night, I went to the bar... I don't know, smoke something funny, you know, whatever it might have been that I'm on that night. Yeah, you if, had that space weed. Yeah, whatever it is that got me uh, in the mood, I'm pretty sure if uh, Gray's sitting there looking all sexy like, uh, you know, we can get it on. Why not? Okay, uh, sure. But of course, it has to be a born female Gray. Uh, you know, there's none of that uh, Gray Transgender trend. alien? Gender Gray. Yeah, no, I'm not into that. No, no. Okay, wow. That's where, uh, I, that's where I draw my line. No transgender aliens. Wow, at least we know you have some limits there. Uh, I have a line. That's right. I have a line, and I don't snort it. I just I have a line there, and that line... Well, you're in Miami. You might snort it. Okay, and I am Cuban. I understand the pun, but here's, hear me out. There is that line, and I am not snorting it. I'm not crossing it either. I'm just leaving it there. Okay? Leaving it there. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Wow. All right, uh, give me some more. Tell me, what what other uh, blasts do we have? Well, thank you, uh, Carol, for your uh, contribution there. And uh, the next blast through the hole is uh, by a person named Al Parker. Al wants to know, and uh, sorry if I said your last name. I don't know, maybe Al wanted us uh, to say his last name or not. But anyway, he wants to know, uh, what's better, Alien or Aliens? The movie? I think that's what he's going for, yeah. Um, wow. I think the first movie was a... I think the first movie is the best out of them because it was such a whole new experience and it was truly genre-changing. There was really no thriller, horror, sci-fi before that that really, really got you. Does that make sense? It does, but I mean that second Aliens movie, man, that was incredible. Game over, man. Game over. Actually, you know, Bill Paxton, God rest his soul. Mm. Actually, we should we should do a, 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 an in memory of Bill Paxton. I mean, he was a great, great actor and uh, amazing actor. Amazing, yep. amazing actor, and uh, he really. He really ha- played some really important characters throughout his history. I mean, he he, he played the older brother in Weird Science. Shet, uh, that's right. He was Shet. You know, he, he, I mean, he he was great. I mean, you know, maybe the, you know between Alien and Aliens, it's hard for me to say which is better between the two. But I will tell you, out of all the Alien movies, those two are the best. Until I'm with we you get, there. Yeah. you know, we'll see what happens with Alien Covenant. Uh, I am looking forward to that one. It will be an interesting thing to see what happens with that and how well they deal with that one. But in general, um, yeah, 
I really can't decide between the two. It's a toss-up. I mean, I really, really liked it. I always wondered whatever happened to Newt. She was so cute, you just wanted to see her get killed. I don't know. Um, I think they should just stop making Aliens movies after that second one. Even the third one, which was really good. I don't think you could top them. I mean, Prometheus was decent. Prometheus was decent. The Aliens vs. Predators have been decent. <sighs> That's been overkill, to be honest with you. I honestly think the comic books are better. The, the Requiem, the Alien vs. Predator Requiem was horrible. That just was not good. They tried. Yeah, they tried really they tried. badly. Well, yeah, you're right. They tried badly. I mean, the, the Aliens thing worked, you know, in the 80s because you had Sigourney Weaver. The, the way they shot that movie was like a, it was like a direct horror movie, to be honest with you. The way it was shot. I mean, it felt like you were in a horror movie, not an alien uh, no, 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 movie. No, no, no. Right. They they really, the the cinematography was phenomenal. It, right. You know, Giger was great in creating the atmosphere. I mean, it, it was just—it was groundbreaking. It really was. It was, and I don't think they're ever going to be able to recapture that. And in t- with today's, you know, movies the way they are, you know, we're desensitized to a lot of this stuff already. So it's not like it's the same effect as watching it for the first time in the eighties. Well, we're desensitized to everything. Exactly. So I think you know this is one of those movie genres that maybe just needs to like lay low for a while. And just let it go for a little bit. There's been too much alien stuff in the last decade. I mean, there really has. Really? All these spinoffs. And, and yet we can't get a Freddy vs. Jason 2. Um, two different... The properties are owned by two different companies. Is it, was it, yeah, no, was it a new line? Did they own both? No, no, point? new line. Um, I don't know. It might, that might have been the case, but I don't know what who own, who currently owns what. Well, yeah, no, this was property changing hands and, and whatnot, so... That's oh, speak... Speaking of classics, by the way, did you hear that they are re-releasing to the theaters The Fifth Element? I heard 4K. Mm. That's going to be really nice. That's going to be really, really cool. Uh, It's it's a two-night event. Uh, It's only going to be in selective uh, theaters in certain cities. If they have it here in Miami, I'm going. I mean, I don't care if I have to work. In Miami. I just don't know if it's going to be in English or Spanish. Oh, I'll watch it either or. I, I speak both languages. Well, you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, why would they have the fifth element in Spanish, though? That makes no sense. Well, it was originally French. So, you know, they they translated So why Spanish? Because that's a larger market? You believe it or not, not really, no. Oh, okay, the, fine. The Spanish speakers down here are too busy watching Telemundo and crap like that, but... Uh, Saboya Gante! That's exactly. right. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, that, that last question uh, was uh, brought by Mr. Al P. Al Parker, and uh, there you go. We both kind of, I mean, I, I think Alien is a groundbreaking movie also, but Aliens, man, that sequel was just, it's like comparing Godfather to Godfather 2. You know, it's tough. Huh, okay. Yeah, I'll give it's you tough. that analogy. All right. It's tough. But there All you right. go. <laughs> All right, what else we got? What, give me another phone. Give me another. Uh, give me another uh, blast. Let's see. The next one is, who should be the next Doctor and Doctor Who? And this is brought to us by Logic R. Okay, well, if it's going to be female, that. I think we're going to end up with Tilda Swinson. Tilda Swinson. Was that you? Was that you putting down your two cents? That yes, it was. <laughs> 
There's my two cents there. That's Tilda Swinson. Uh, Tilda Swinson played the uh, Ancient One in Doctor Strange. She also played the Ice Queen in Narnia. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't see her as Doctor Who, though. I think she would go really well against Missy or the master, the female version of the Master. Um, but if it's you, heard not, you heard they're bringing back the Master, like the male Master, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did hear that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Tilda Swinson would be great if it's female. If it's male, I've been hearing that they might be casting Idris Elba. Uh, I've been hearing, you know, a whole bunch of different stories. I, I just don't know who is the uh, right pick for it. It's, yeah, it's a difficult one. It really, really is. You know, El- <laughs> it's funny you mentioned his name because uh, he's been a fan favorite for who, a long Idris Elba? time. Elba? Yeah, Elba, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, African American or African English. Is it English? That's the thing. He's British. Yeah, he's, he's right. English. Which I think that would be perfect. I mean, you know, the whole thing with Doctor Who is he always has to have a British accent or a Scottish accent. You know, he, he has to be properly British in right. some form. Here you go. He's a British man. He's 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 African. He's black, but he's British. And you know, Doctor Who is all about being inclusive and being diverse. You know, with everybody. So I think right. he'd be like the perfect person to to, to play the, the Doctor. But here's the thing, though. He's become like a, a big time movie star now. And yes, he do, has. I do mean, you think yeah. he has time in his hands to go back and do the Doctor for two, three seasons? Well, uh, he's which... in the cinem- right now he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So right. Uh, I don't know. It, it'll so be he's, a, he's a busy dude. He's a busy yeah. dude. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I, I, I really got no clue. Hmm. I'm Doctor Who. I got no you, clue on Doctor Who. Well, you know who will be interesting also if, uh, to give a younger guy a chance, uh, just oh. because he he is actually British and has a British accent. He's also a black dude. Uh, John Boyega from Star Wars. He's tied up with Star Wars, and I don't think his transition from one to the other would be well received. Really? You think there'll be a problem with Doctor Who and Star yeah, Wars? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Absolutely, oh, well. yes. You envision him as one character, and you're trying to identify him as another character, which is going to be causing a problem. Well, isn't that the same issue he's going to face with Pacific Rim, the sequel? Well, it depends what kind of special effects they're going to do on his face for makeup. Uh, I saw some of the... the, the, you know, the uh, not the concept art, but I saw some of the actual set photos, and uh, he looked about the same as uh, he would in Star Wars. I mean, I didn't see much difference in the overall look as uh, John Boyega's Finn. I don't know. So, just not sold on it yet. That's uh, the yeah, that, that's the catch twenty two when you're an actor, you're in a big project like Star Wars, and then you know you start getting all you know, these you other get typecast sequels. And, yeah, you, you know, get typecast into oh now he's Finn in every movie, and and for him this is like the third big space kind of movie he does because he did Star Wars of course, but he also did Attack the Block right before Star Wars. So and that was a brilliant movie too. If anybody yeah. has seen it, yeah, that was a great great movie. I never realized it was him. You know, now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. And he has a heavy British accent, which is funny. He was told to tone down the accent for Star Wars, and he did. Well, which is strange that they didn't tell Daisy Ridley to do that. Interesting. Well, they're from two different planets, so I guess. I guess that's how we're. Uh, shit, man, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. All right, that's uh, Logic R. Who wanted to know who we thought would be the next Doctor, or who should. Be the next doctor. 
Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to have one uh, one completely out of left field choice here for you. Okay. Why not? He's American, but what the hell? Carrot Top. That's my number. <laughs> oh, wow. Put that know. into your mind to just... Let that simmer in there. Every Carrot Top. That's the doctor. You know, I'd rather see Andrew Dice Clay as the doctor. Oh! Hickory Dickory Hickory Doc. Doc. This is the TARDIS, and this is my... Anyway. <laughs> clock. <laughs> clock. Say it, clock. Clock. That's it. Quick save. Okay. The Dice Men would rule as the doctor. I'd, I'd that give would it to be... Man. That would be really, really interesting. Um, obviously, there are betting pools apparently in Vegas and in the UK about who's going to be the next Doctor too. Uh, yep. But who knows who it's going to be? It'll be interesting to see. Um, no. You know, I know that I know that they will be doing. I know it's going to be this season because they've already teased that there's going to be a regeneration. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to be in the season. I think it's going to be the uh, the Christmas special where they're, they're actually going to do it. Um, hmm. That's from from what I actually heard. Uh, do, do, are you finding it troubling though that they're doing like three seasons per actor now? And it's like it's become like that's the the, the standard. Three seasons are out. Next doctor, well, three seasons. Well, I think it has to do with them wanting to go on to do other things, and I think it also has to do with filming schedules. Um, I don't think they're doing it purposely. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it was you know two seasons, four seasons, it would look a little bit less suspicious. But it's it's kind of like suspicious. It's three seasons exactly now for three different actors, and yeah. uh, from what I've read online, that these guys don't seem like they were too eager to leave. It was more like they were pushed out. Especially Capaldi. Like I don't think Capaldi was really ready to leave. It was more like, well, Moffat is uh, going to be done with the you know the producing Doctor Who, and yeah, the, there's going to be a new regime coming in and. You know, they want to bring their own fresh blood, so they're kind of, like, pushing them out the door, you know. And while I'm, know. I'm okay with that, even though I like Capaldi as an actor, I think he's a great actor. Uh, his time as the Doctor has been a little bit, you know, lackluster, a little bit. Just It's been more the writing than anything else I haven't really enjoyed in the last uh, couple seasons. So, um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do next with this uh, Doctor Who incarnation. Yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 who knows? And folks, if you want to chime in on it, uh, please do, even though this is a ufology show. I'm sure you guys are also fans of The Doctor, so call it and comment. Yeah, Lou says that he wouldn't be surprised if the next Doctor is played by a woman. I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, that would be, I think, interesting. I mean, that would be an interesting move if they get some, you know, British lady to play the Doctor. That'd be cool. I wish they would bring back the Doctor's daughter. That would be great. Wasn't it the granddaughter? No, no, the doctor had a daughter. Um, the in, very beginning of the show, right? The very first, very, very first doctor. The, well, he had a daughter and a granddaughter, but. He had a granddaughter he, originally. He has, right, but he also has a daughter um, from, I think, season, the current season, the current series, uh, third or fourth season. He had a daughter. And it was a clone daughter, but nonetheless, it was a daughter, and she uh, went off. And in truth, she's actually ended up. That. In truth, in the real world, she ended up marrying David Tennant. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that now. Now you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the story you're talking about. Okay, and there's my two cents. And hang on, here's a sound effect. Did you pick that up? 
loud and clear. I mean, clear. Excellent, excellent, folks. There's my two cents. <clears throat> but then again, I could be wrong. Moving on, and uh, we have another uh, blast through the air hole here. We uh, we have uh, Tyrone wants to know, what if Tupac was alive and we're all an actual hologram? That's heavy. <sighs> wow, that's deep. That's heavy, um, Tyrone. Heavy. Yeah. Um. Wow. I, I I just really don't even know what to say to that. That's just really. Wow, deep. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I I just don't know how to answer that one. I'm gonna stay out of that. What one. if what if C A T really spelled dog? Um. Okay. What happens if God was dyslexic and he barks a lot? Hmm. Things to make you go, hmm. Oh, God, really? Uh, what, what yeah, that's a little bit of a throwback. That's a, that's a, bit, a bit of a throwback. A little uh, bit of a throwback? A, eh, 20 years in the making. Check this out. Now, our next uh, question here, we have another question, and uh, right, this is by ahead. Marshall G. Marshall G wants to know, and well, this is actually more addressed to our guest, uh, Robert Morningstar, who's going to be with us in about 10 minutes here. Uh, Marshall G wants to know, what's more plausible, really? Hollow Earth or Flat Earth? Come on, be serious. Hollow Earth. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Hollow Earth. I, I mean, for a Flat Earth to be possible, and for it to be floating in hyperspace somewhere, or in space itself and just floating there, there's so many different things that have to be taking place. Yeah, there's so many things that have to go right for that theory to be even possible. Um, you know... I mean, yeah. if the if the Earth is flat, let's just uh, let's, let's lay it on the line. If the Earth was flat, and you know if that's the case, then what's on the uh, edges of the Earth? Do we just fall down? Is there a wall oh no, there? those are the walls of ice that we have in Antarctica and the North Pole. Right, but I mean, you can actually climb that wall all the way up and, and start walking on top of that ice. So what happens when you start walking on top of that ice? You just then you end up bumping into the White Walkers and they kill you. Damn it. Sorry, Game of Thrones reference, sorry. Not a fan. Oh. But, um, I don't know, it's, uh, look, I, I think Hollow Earth, it's also very, like, unrealistic, and if you look at it just on the pure Hollow Earth theory itself, I really don't think it's a realistic thing, but pockets within the Earth, I'm all with that. I think that's not only possible, I think that's an actual uh, geological fact. Uh, especially with the way the poles have moved over the years. Look, we're finding stuff under the ocean now that boggles the mind, like pyramids, roads, all kinds of different things down there. That Oh, yeah. W- when you look at it, you're like, 12, how the hell is that even possible? You figure yeah. 12,000 years ago, there was a major cataclysm. Uh, an asteroid hit the planet, caused the waves, which is in turn actually the story of the flood that Noah had to deal with. We were just off by counting time a little bit. And um, it also... Uh, had f- overflooded uh, Atlantis and a couple of other places too. Not only that, I'm also subscribing now to a, a theory that's getting uh, getting very popular on uh, a lot of circles. It's uh, the Earth is growing theory, the the ever growing Earth. Uh, and if you look at the, if you reverse like the the clock on the Earth itself, and you and you go all the way back thousands and thousands of years and reverse uh, the way the the continents look, and you put them all together, they all kind of fit together, right? 
But now if you start spreading them apart over years and years and years and you get them to the point that we are today, it kind of looks like the earth is expanding and growing as water is, you know, going outside the earth. It's just that it keeps growing and growing and growing. So there's a theory going around that the earth is going to keep expanding for how much or how long, we, we have no idea, but, uh, there's actually some evidence that the earth is indeed growing in size. Uh, which is The why earth is so actually expanding, or you mean the plates are still moving? Plates are still moving and the earth itself is expanding. Hmm. Now if you think about it, uh, when ice caps melt and hit the ocean, what happens? They melt. Right, but what happens to the, the rest of the planet? Water rises, usually. Exactly. So what happens when water, follow along here, what happens when there's more water? It evaporates into the air, causing more storms. Correct, but also creates more water in the ocean, which makes it look like it's getting bigger. Hmm. Just I saying. Don't know. I don't know, man. Just I saying. Say, I say, let's get, let's get Robert on the phone and ask him. I'm just saying. I'm just staying out of this. You staying. I'm staying. I'm just not commenting. I'm just, I just don't know. I am going to stay neutral. I want nothing to do with that conversation. I am not going to have people yelling at me for my beliefs. What the hell are you babbling about? I don't know what to think. It's too complex. That's, that's your main problem, other guy. Why? You never know what to think. You're playing with quarters again. No, it's dimes. I know you're from the hood, and you're used to. I know you used to play. You used to playing like quarters in the hood, but you know, like you know, we got to calm down. We're on, we're live on air. What is quarters? You never played in the hood quarters, you know, with the, with the homies, you know, like throwing no, quarters. No, no, Mm-mm. no. Oh, it's, well, it's kind of like playing dice. You play play dice? No. No, can't say I play dice. So no quarters, no dice. Nope. Kind of hood you grew up in, man. New York, but on the good side of the hood. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, I was on the other side of the hood. You're not from the hood. Actually, you know, truthfully, I, I, I was in... Uh, I d- did hang out in a rough part of the hood in New York. Uh, I actually did. But... Um, you know, I was I was the only white guy that was allowed in the hood, uh, into certain parts of the hood. You know, that's why my nickname was Leche, because I was the only white guy. Um, no joke. This is actually a true story. No, no joke. Um, His nickname was Leche. That's a true story. That was my nickname back then. Um, yeah. Uh, funny as it is, that's that's actually a true story. Um, yep. I was I was hanging out with. Uh, with some up-and-coming rappers way back when in New York. Um, I handled some of the computer stuff for some of them when they were putting beats down to tracks and stuff. So, uh, yeah. That, yeah. There you go. But, but that's... MC Leche in the house. No, that, I, I went no. by a different DJ name, but uh, no one would remember it now anyway. So, what's past is past, sigh. What was your DJ uh, name? Come on, tell us. Tell us, come on. Come on. On, DJ, tell us, tell us. okay, okay. DJ Fun, F-U-N. The number two, the letter C. So it was DJ Fantasy. And a hush falls upon the crowd. Yeah, I know. Wow. 
Hey, it was it, it was a thing wow. back then. Yeah, DJ fun to see. Yep. Yep. Way back when. Yep. Wow, you're just totally speechless over this, aren't you? I, I I don't know where to go from here. Like DJ fun to see. Like I've known you for what fifteen years, and this is the first I hear about this. Well, yeah, yeah. I had my Technique twelve hundreds. I used to spin some good music. Um, you know, I, and now you're that, spending some good coins. Yeah, that was my that was my late <laughs> late teens, uh, early twenties in New York, and yeah. It was some good times. I had some good years, and you know, it it was it was fun. You know, just hauling around all that equipment sucked. That's all. Uh, so, so once again, DJ fun to see. Correct. Wow. I know you're speechless over that one. Creepy, ain't it? Oh, uh, it's so that's so weird. <laughs> Uh, anyway, one last question uh, from the a-holes here. I mean, one more blast from the a-hole. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, where's Crystal? Says a fan. God, look, man, she left us. Okay, it is what it is. She she had her reasons. Uh, you know, the she had her reasons. Uh, I'll let Angel discuss it if he wants to. No, that's it. She left us, and that's from a fan. Well, thank you, a fan. But uh, look, she's she, she's not here anymore. We miss her, but we're gonna yes. move on. And she will make a guest appearance once in a while when we Correct. least expect it. Yes, indeedy. Now, uh, coming back here after the uh, next break is going to be the one and only Mr. Terrific, Robert Morningstar from UFO Digest, and we're going to get to some serious intellectual conversation about this whole inner Earth phenomenon. Woohoo. Stick around, guys. This is Skywatchers Radio, and we are live on PSN-Radio.com. That's right, that's right. PSN Radio, live. Shocking. We're live. We're not Memorex. We're not Memorex. Not this week, guys. This week, we're in Vivo. Vivo. Vivo Las Vegas. No, no, no. No, don't say
tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... No. Holy <laughs> That was the... Yeah. Yeah. Ten seconds of... Uh, no. What are you that tra- was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Never give up on people, Rodney. I know sometimes they don't seem to understand, but when you're in trouble and you cry out for help, that's when it's important. I mean, you take, well, Trigger's cousin Cyril. Now, he had what? Well, he owed 500 quid or something on his mortgage, didn't he, Trigger? Yeah. He was going to be thrown out on the street the following day. He was very worried about it. What happened then, Trigger? He drove out the beachy head. He parked about five foot from the edge of the cliff. No. What? What? He was going to drive off it? Yeah. He just sat there for two hours. His head resting on a steering wheel. People tried to talk him out of it, but he was too depressed to listen. And this is the thing, Rodney, this is what I mean about people. You see, because those people there, they had a whip round, and they got him his 500 quid. Who rode the whip round? All the passengers on his bus.
All right, everybody, welcome back to PSN Radio's Skywatchers Radio. This is, uh, of course, a live episode. I know shocking, mind-blowing, we're live. It's been a while since you've heard those words, but thank you for uh, staying in with us and uh, sticking around in the it's chat room, guys. It is alive. If you guys want to join us, again, the number is 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. Now, as promised, we're going to continue off where we left off in February with... Uh, one of the best guests we ever have had, period, on this show, and uh, a gentleman who's been on with us many times because of that, and a person who was always interesting to talk to, the one, the only, UFO Digest's own, Robert Morningstar. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be back. And um, I'm sure we, we missed have... you. <laughs> well, I missed you too, but uh, life is very busy right now, and we're really in, 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 uh, on a roller coaster, you know? Both in our personal lives, as speaking for myself, and in uh, the geopolitical life that we are all living through uh, vicariously or actively in uh, virtual reality. That's right. Industry. As long as we're not being dragged off a plane, it's okay. Oh, brother, you know, <laughs> that was really loathsome behavior. You know, everybody's uh, sticking it to United, but it was the Chicago police that that did the brutalizing, you know? No, so. the no, 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 no. If the person had not gotten on the plane and they bumped him, it's one thing. But exactly. he was sitting in he his chair. Ticket. He had a ticket. He had boarded. Uh, he cleared uh, the boarding, and he was a ticketed passenger. He did not have to relinquish his seat. But listen, I'm glad you brought this up because I've been warning everybody about the threat of artificial intelligence and how it's been encroaching on our lives more and more as government has turned over, government and corporations have turned over decision-making to artificial intelligence. Random selected. It was randomly selected by a computer. This man was picked out of his seat by artificial intelligence, and you see... The robots did it, that's right. We need to blame the robots. Okay, the robots did it. But then the automatonically ment- mentality, the automatonic mentality of the police state showed itself. You know, no one is safe on the United Airlines flight. I'm never flying them again. You know? and I think they, the people should boycott them. Oh yeah, you know? they lost about a billion of capital uh, just today. Yeah. If I had a chance to get into the stock market, I would have sold them short this morning. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, well, I heard they went down 7%, and that's significant. I think I said that uh, the uh, CEO, Oscar Munoz, should, uh, what was his word? Uh, He made up a word. I don't think he needs to resign. Oh, I think he should get lost. His his reaction to it was really uh, inappropriate. Reaccommodating, right? He he reaccommodated. My question is, how, how do you overbook in today's day and age? How do you overbook flights like that? I mean, how does this happen? This well, has to be. It's it, no, it, it does. It, this has to be agreed by the by the company itself wanting to like overbook this. So just in case, you know, there's people that back out. You know, it'll it'll compensate so they'll at least have everything sold. Hey, I mean, I've this is the flight. I'll be the first one to admit I've missed right. flights. So there's people that miss flights, and that compensates for whatever I, I guess you know they overbook. But, I mean, this is complete greed by the part of the airlines. Oh, it was 
unbelievable. But listen, let's get back to Antarctica. That's where we were last time. Remember? Yep. Yep. And, tell us. Uh, tell us. And, and that mystery keeps uh, it continues. All of the visitations we went over the uh, the secret visits to Antarctica by right. many of the luminaries. But I came to this um, conclusion also that I didn't emphasize enough last time. They're talking about the ice sheet breaking, cracking, and, and floating off. And one of the points, I, and blaming it on global warming, the problem is that the global warming theory cannot explain the breaking of the ice sheet because if it were atmospheric warming, the ice sheet would be melting from the top and uh, like an ice cube on a table, right? It would, would just melt from the top. The problem is that the warming is geothermal warming that's coming out in underground streams beneath the ice sheet. Mm. And so the ice sheet, um, think about it, uh, the cube of ice floating, right? a huge sheet of ice floating. If it were melting from the top, it would be getting lighter and lighter and it would keep floating. But because the the heat of these geothermal vents is uh, siphoning out throughout these tunnels under the Antarctic ice sheet, the ice sheet has been undermined from below, and so it cracks, falling down into the void where it was once supported by uh, deeper ice. So this global warming story is uh, a fraud. There are geothermal forces being unleashed right now that are creating more of this. The other thing, you know, they always blame uh, global warming for the melting of the Himalayan glaciers. The point is, so uh, Soviet engineering in the RLC Sea back in the 1970s, the RLC Sea was an inland sea in Central Asia, and the waters of the RLC Sea provided moisture and uh through evaporation, they would cause clouds and weather and rain uh, to cross the Himalayas and replenish the glaciers. The Soviets destroyed the Aral Sea. They dropped uh, the level of the Aral Sea uh, 70 feet in order to steal the water for their textile industries in uh, southern Russia. So this whole thing about global warming is a big propaganda cover-up for a lot of uh, what I would call that an ecological crime of the of the first magnitude. But we would say that the, the Earth is kind of warming up from the interior, not from the outside, is what That's we're right. saying. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm now, saying. Now, this is a phenomenon, by the way, Robert, that it's not only happening on Earth, it's happening on other planets within our own solar system. Exactly. Mars has been warming up. Uh, even Pluto has been warming, uh, you know, the last yeah. few years. Well, it, and these are planets that are far away from the sun, so why are these planets all of a sudden warming up? If well, it's, you know, uh, do, they, do they have pollution there also? Are, are there beings on there with methane gas yeah. going crazy? No. Uh, I'm with you. There's something going on within these it's, planets that are warming them it's up. It's proportion. It's, uh, it's proportional to the distance. The rate of uh, heating in the planets uh, is in a, a proportion and a ratio to the distance from the sun. So it really right. is solar activity. But there is a strange influence happening on the uh, planets from an unseen... The, you know about the dark star? It's supposed to be the Earth. Or the, Earth. the sun had a twin, a binary right. twin, that fizzled out, and they call it a brown dwarf. And it's wandering right. around out there, 
in the uh, beyond the Oort cloud or in the Oort cloud. Well, yeah, that's and what some people it, have. If it's uh, a brown dwarf for that, it's the same size. Why haven't we seen it yet? No, here's the thing. That's what people have actually uh, referred to as uh, wormwood or possibly being the beer. Yeah, so itself. far away. Yeah. Uh, and it's of course it, it reflects no light, but they can tell its presence through certain gravitational Correct. effects, anomalies. But there still should be some thermal imaging or something. Be, you know, maybe not. Not if we no, not if we can look that's a, throughout the orbit. That's a NASA hypothesis that I'm uh, right. voicing here. So that would be, have some effect on the outer the, the gas giants and could could be causing. Um, Increase in heat from, you know, you know what about black body radiation, right? It's like uh, the radiation that'll bounce off a, a black body. It'll just it'll, yeah. Know, the the last girl that I dated it was uh, a black girl, and so it could be that. Oh but come on, man! Really? Let's go back. Let's come, uh, let's come home to what's happening around here. There was <laughs> a uh, UFO uh, panel at the New Life Expo. Which was really, really good. Uh, there were six of us on the panel, including Richard Dolan and uh, Peter Robbins, and all of us uh, giving our opinions on whether or not disclosure was likely or at hand. Mm. And, uh, I, I still hold that the. It's the somewhere gov- over the rainbow. Yeah, point. the government is still too cowardly to, to admit the, the, the magnitude of the cover up plus the liabilities for having fooled the people and denied the damage being done to people, including uh, abductions and uh, post-traumatic stress uh, that occurred from abduction and then denial. Also, you know, more than, I would say, 40,000 cattle mutilations and not to mention human mutilations. Yep. They couldn't, they, they, the liability would be too great and so I think that it's not something that the government is likely to do uh, overtly, but that the disclosure is happening uh, civilly through society, through the media. The movie Arrival has to be the greatest uh, first contact with extraterrestrial movies that, that I've ever seen, or one of the best of all time. Very well thought out and with a very powerful spiritual message underlying it as well so this conditioning uh, has been going on for a very long time and I mentioned on your show at other times that in 1965 I heard Frank Edwards the author of Flying Saucer Serious Business tell the public on New York television that the CIA had a 49 to 50 year plan basically the 49 year plan was seven phases of seven years during which the uh, paradigm from evil aliens from outer space would be changed to friendly aliens and uh, reveal the presence of extraterrestrials in our history and in our lives um, gradually in these seven periods. So we're in that, uh, we're beyond the 49th year, and it seems to me that it's going along, that the, the American psyche has now been prepared uh, to be receptive to the news in in so many ways, not just the blitz of all the UFO films, videos, uh, documentaries. You know, you know Robert, science. we had we had um, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I wanted to uh, to ask you about this because we had 
uh, Steve Bassett on the show a few months back, and we, we had him also on UFONAR Radio, and, uh, you know, this is before the election uh, took yeah. place, and uh, Steve was all on board with uh, with Hillary Clinton, you know, winning, because he was, uh, of course, in favor of Podesta and Hillary Clinton going after the UFO uh, stuff that they might be able to get their hands on, and maybe releasing some, uh, some of this stuff to the public. Uh, you know, with that said, of course, that didn't happen. Now we see the aftermath of what the election, everything that did happen. Um, in honest disclosure, it, it, it'll take somebody who is really uh, willing to put themselves in that position to be the disclosure president. Now, Trump, in the last four months, uh, do, does he seem like the type that will disclose anything uh, related to UFOs at all to you? Well, here's the interesting thing about the UFO panel. In that, because uh, Podesta's out of the mix here. Podesta's completely right, out right. of the mix. I, I guess I didn't need my, my Wheaties that morning, and so I was a bit pessimistic, as I, as I might sound now. I'm being realistic, but I may have sounded pessimistic that it's not going to happen anytime soon. And Richard Dolan took exception to that, and he brought up the point that with Donald Trump, we have a totally new paradigm, and that he. Uh, being a compulsive uh, truth teller, as he believes the truth to be, that uh, he's more likely to be a disclosure president than anyone else since John F. Kennedy, actually. So uh, it, that's that's where it stands. I love Stephen Bassett, but I, for me, um, making compromise with uh, characters like uh, Clinton and Podesta and believing that they would be uh, honest enough to keep a promise of such magnitude when they couldn't even tell us the truth about Benghazi was, I think, a little bit gullible. And so um, we have different approaches to disclosure. I do support Stephen and his his uh, campaign, but supporting Hillary Clinton and the likes of John Podesta is not the way to do it. Not only that, I mean, Bill Clinton had eight years to search for this stuff, and if he didn't come up with anything when he was in office, and we knew for a fact that he was a fan of the subject. Uh, well, he was you know, he was being stonewalled by the uh, right. called the permanent government. So, I mean, what makes us think that, uh, oh, now Hillary's going to be able to get the, you know this stuff out there? Uh, and I don't know what it's going to take, but I don't think... Uh, that we're going to get disclosure in my lifetime or any of our lifetimes, just uh, the way, that, the the way it, it looks right now. I think it's in the hands or the claws of the extraterrestrials. You know, it's it's their their game. After all, they're the ones that are hiding and have been hiding for such a long period of time, which is one of the the things that make made them appear sinister to Dr. Carla Turner, if you recall. Mm. She yep. dedicated her, her life to uh, exposing uh, the alien intrusion, the intruders. So they're hiding <laughs> for their own purposes, and the government's hiding from from us what they know, what they think they know, the deals they've made. But I think enough has filtered out for us to have a pretty clear indication of... Um, what the power structure and hierarchy is on this planet. Yeah, it seems it, that it, the it, I think, it, I, I think look, Robert, I think it's become pretty clear at this point where 
Um, you know, we, we're not going to get disclosure, but I think it's become pretty obvious that the reason the uh, power elites are not going to put disclosure out there is more to do with the fact that there might be some kind of a disaster coming in the near maybe 20, 30 years, and they're getting ready to get themselves out of the planet with the help of these aliens, and only the elite are going to be the ones that are going to get off the planet. Or bury themselves underneath the planet. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this uh, prospect of disaster because I have a sense of foreboding about August 21st. As you know, and I mentioned it on your show before, that I study the moon intensively, but I also study lunar eclipses. And many years ago, I started to notice yep, yep. that whenever lunar eclipses occur, uh, earthquakes happen in the areas over which the eclipse occurs and on both sides of the earth. And this eclipse that is going to cross the United States on August 21st has me greatly concerned because it's going to pass over a whole network of uh, earthquakes. Fault lines? Yes, but most most dramatically, most uh, uh, dangerously, it's going to pass over the New Madrid Fault. And cities from uh, Nebraska and Missouri... Um, Tennessee, Kentucky, all the way down to South Carolina that lie along or on these fault lines are likely to feel a shakeup. And so I wanted to start alerting uh, my fellow Americans that this is something really to watch for as well as uh, to prepare for and with great uh, anticipation and to be ready for anything. Um, I posted a, an article on my Facebook page with a, with a map uh, a chart of the track. It's going to go from the northwest, uh, in Washington State and Montana, and down through uh, Utah, uh, Colorado, across Wyoming, Colorado, into the central United States, uh, through Missouri, and passing on through to the coast of South Carolina. And the coast of South Carolina is a fault line. So it's going to be a very uh, dangerous time, tectonically speaking, because of, of these observations that I've made about the effect, tidal effects, basically. If you, think, if you think about the sun and the moon on one side summing up their gravitational pull as like a rubber band, or think of them individually as one, one rubber band each, a big one from the sun and a small one from the moon. And they're pulling on the Earth at different angles. But when those two rubber bands line up, this, the forces sum up. And so over the point of totality, the Earth is being pulled and tugged up. And on the other side of the Earth, it's dimpling. And so when the moon passes and, and the alignment with the sun uh, ceases, everything that was lifted drops back. And it's a tidal force that moves right through the center of the earth and the other side of the earth gets popped usually worse than the side of the earth facing the sun so that is my my great concern about august 21st mark that down on my calendar august 21st august this 21st. year right yep okay it's all right mark that down everybody yeah, get your water supplies uh, tucked in your cars and your camping equipment and your survival food. In, in particularly, uh, in your those areas. Uh, well, your spam. Keep yeah. you going. 
You know, they're, they're spending here in Florida, Robert, I don't know if you knew this, but they're spending near $500 billion in the next few years uh, to build up our seawalls in uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, because th- as the ice are melting, uh, you know, the seawater is rising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not that uh, that far away from uh, total disaster here down in Florida where the, uh, let's just say they Part of Florida could be underwater pretty soon. They've got $500 billion just to renovate the coastal lines and, and try to bring up the sea levels. That's a little scary to start thinking about stuff like that, to start believing that uh, we're near that cusp. Yeah, well, I think everybody in lowland should have a canoe attached yeah, to the house. Yeah, no kidding. You know, and not not joking, not it's, it is uh, an important thing to have in uh, the floodplains. But you should be ready for anything. The other thing I see about Florida is sinkholes. Mm. You know, really? Heaven forbid a sinkhole in New York City or in these these densely populated areas. That's another... See, now well, let's get back to this thing. Huh? This sinkhole thing may be connected with all of this thermal thermal activity that I'm talking about, geothermal activity. Right. Under Antarctica, volcanoes blowing up all over the place, you know, or simmering, or... Um, Belching Horn, horns horns in the background. Yeah, it's crazy. That's you got not me. Oh, that's New York. That's New York. <laughs> Get ready for the siren. I'm surprised they haven't arrived. You know, we've talked about. Yeah, you're having live sound from the heart of New York City, Manhattan. Lovely. Where in Manhattan are you? Right, no, mid uh, Upper West Side, 92nd and Broadway. Ah, nice right. area. Yeah, the Great I White was, Way. I was there the other week. Yeah, it's uh, now. It's really. Really getting pretty because spring is here. We had a rough winter. It was really bitter. I'm, you guys are lucky down in Miami, except for the hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just just that little issue. And the tsunami. <laughs> oh yeah. As long as we're talking yeah. about disasters, let's you, 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 usually I, I've been in Miami for many years, and other than Hurricane Andrew '92, yeah, it really isn't that bad. I mean, a lot of the big hurricanes like Katrina and all this stuff just went right by us. And didn't Miami damage, is really. spared. I noticed that. Other parts yeah. of Florida get, uh, get uh, blasted. We're good, man. We're, we're good down here. subject of disasters, and I am a realist about disasters. You know, they, they, uh, they're like uh, time bombs. And mm. when you know geology a bit and uh, plate tectonics a bit, you you know that, uh, you know, there's there's a... There's a clock running, and eventually it's going to trip. Now, the one <laughs> catastrophe, yeah. the one catastrophe for the entire East Coast that worries me as a real intangible catastrophe uh, is the prospect of the lava, the lava sheet on mm. the great uh, volcano in Tenerife, the Canary Islands, Cumbre. If that volcano blows. And that lava shield slides into the Atlantic Ocean. It's going to cause a tsunami that will cross the Atlantic Ocean at about 500 miles an hour. And it will be of such magnitude that it will uh, do a tsunami to everything from Florida to Maine. And it it will cross the Atlantic Ocean in about five and a half hours. That is the one natural catastrophe that worries me uh, when it comes to to these uh, these events. Mike, uh, I'll tell you honestly. In contrast, 
the uh, the shakeup of the San Andreas Fault uh, in California would uh, would be a minor a minor really compared to the magnitude of the tsunami that would be expected to strike and literally everything from Florida the entire eastern seaboard yeah but how high of a high how high of a wave would that be that how far inland would it go uh, from the calculations that um, that have been made, depending on the the uh, terrain, the shape of the coast uh, uh, that it hits, uh, it would wash in several miles inland. I think Florida would be overrun from one side to the other. Personally, it is so low lying, and so it, it almost directly in line with um, with the um, the source which is Tenerife, Canary Islands, off the coast of West Africa. That that would be it's something. It's time to move out of Florida, folks. It's something to monitor. You know, it it could be, you know, 50 years from now, 100, 1,000 years from now. The thing is, uh, it, it has to be watched because there's some really strange things happening inside the mountain in that the heat, the heat is creating a very, very dry sheet of lava on the outside but there's water percolating on the inside and that water's percolating through through the sediment and creating uh, venting that could separate the lava shield from the volcano in, in a moment in the bat of an eye really let's pray that uh, you know Superman keeps it in place and uh, doesn't slide off. So that's realistic. Uh, there's a realistic <laughs> contingency that I think about, like, like the San Andreas Fault. I would worry about an earthquake uh, over San Diego or along the San Andreas Fault if there were an eclipse over San Diego or over Mauritania. Remember I said it goes right through the Earth? Yep. So I, I calculated what is exactly opposite San Diego if you go right through the center of the Earth. And it's Mauritania off the coast of uh, East Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? In 2012, uh, my friend Victor Martinez and I, uh, we were working on this. And we nailed, we nailed that earthquake. Was it the, I don't know if it was a Northridge quake. We gave a warning a day before it was happening. That it was like, this, this thing, it looked, it's going to go. And it went. Yeah, so, but did anybody listen? Um, as I recall, Probably nobody not. was killed. <laughs> but here's another one. I predicted the possibility of another uh, uh, an earthquake along the um, the San Andreas Fault because of an eclipse that was happening. And it was about oh, two years ago. So I told everybody, look, like I said tonight, <clears throat> always keep water in your car, in the trunk, keep some food in the trunk because you never know. What's going to happen? So right. this guy That's starts right. mocking. This guy starts mocking me when the earthquake didn't come. You know, I'm the happiest guy when one of those predictions is wrong. So this guy starts mocking me uh, about having been wrong, and all of a sudden, the fires broke out. You know, all over San Diego. Remember the big fires that were consuming everything—the hillsides, the ranches, everything—and yeah. I. And I said to them, well, listen, 
I may have been wrong about the earthquake, but the advice that I gave was, was sound, and the people that listened to me are driving in their cars with water and food to get out of the disaster zone. Mm. So you're half right. So half right is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> half right is infinitely more uh, than not right. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, we were making 500 on that one. It's, uh, okay. it, it saved a few lives. Yeah. But you know, I still uh, continue to receive tremendous uh, number and more and more reports uh, of alien abductions and intrusions. And uh, there's there's a website called the Sentinel Files, which I uh, came across a day or so ago, and I posted some things on my Facebook page, particularly in regard to marks that are left on the body by alien intruders. And you know, you know, we all know about bruises and scratches and manhandling, but then there are other marks that I would call branding. Mm, you know, they are symmetric forms. Sometimes there was one article that I put like out. cattle branding. Yeah, uh, the one guy had a triangle, a triangle of flesh removed from from his chest, and remarkably, the thing healed completely in a very. Uh, quick amount of time and the flesh that was excised regrew to the surface was without leaving an indentation they had actually removed uh, the uh, the dermis and the epidermis oh wow to, to expose his chest muscle oh wow and he was in shock he was in shock he woke up and he had this triangle perfect triangle on the upper upper left side of his chest like a triangle top. scoop type of deal like the yeah, like, an, like cookie cookie cutter type of thing, right, you know? right, right, right. And perfectly yeah, yeah. flat, perfectly flat and level edges, uh, vertical to the corners, right, and perfect angles, and then flat, uh, even slice right along the chest muscle, and then uh, they had the photographs in subsequent days of the healing and the skin rising and uh, restoring, but leaving uh, the triangle to be seen, but not with any indentation. Then there are others on the main page, which are geometric designs uh, of uh, varying, varying uh, geometries. But when I saw the page in total, uh, I looked at it, and some of them looked to me like these geometric uh, forms were like branding. Others, the scoops were uh, surgery, right. and others seemed like rashes. And this is something that uh, does concern me because I, I believe that these creatures uh, carry uh, microbes that are hostile to us. They'll have us ha make, make us have a physical reaction. And, and you know, in, in doing that, that is a way of altering us. You know, the, the alien entity may be changing us by giving us some kind of an alien cold, giving us a bug, a flu. A lot of people, many people, after abduction, feel debilitated, weak, you know, foggy, foggy-brained, uh, out of balance. And one of the things I discovered many years ago, and maybe the reason for this debilitation that occurs, is that where these scoop marks and insertion points occur on the human body, it is in an area that is extremely cl or close to the point where arteries uh, rise closest to the surface and where 
major veins uh, may intersect. And so I believe that part of it is that they are vampiric, that they they take blood. In addition to the tissue that you, the scoops and uh, gouges that you hear about, that they also take a, take blood and leave you in a very debilitated and weakened condition. And it takes some abductees uh, weeks to recover and some years to recover from the uh, kind of abuse that, that people do suffer. Uh, especially if you resist. Um, you know, if you go along, you're treated one way, but they seem to be intent on fulfilling this directive that, that's been given Which, to them. Robert, it's 2017 now, and uh, one has to ask themselves, you know, uh, to what point are the uh, abduction cases going to pile up here? I mean, to, uh, will there ever be a, a stop? I mean, even if disclosure doesn't happen, I mean, what no. more do they need to know? Well, they don't need to know anything. What we need to know is they need human tissue to propagate uh, their program, whatever that program is, whether it's to uh, reproduce themselves, reconstitute themselves genetically, or to create hybrids or clones, whatever that agenda is. They need human human beings, human tough tissue. But then there's the other aspect of uh, soul energy and the leaching the leaching of soul energy uh, to to empower themselves or to power their gadgetry. There is a, there is a theory or belief that didn't I read that in the book Communion or something? Well, he I don't think in Communion. I don't think in Communion he went. He delved into this aspect of using the human life force like a battery. But in his later books, uh, he may have done that. What okay, I th- because yeah, I think he did it in communion as well too. I was yeah. reading, so I, I read it uh, years back. Yeah, what can, what strikes me about communion is he had a stroke of genius. Uh, Whitley Strieber had uh, when he said uh, in communion that dealing with uh, death, the, the membrane, all right, between life and death, these two dimensions, we're here now with bodies and. Then we're not. The bodies aren't here, but we're someplace else. He said uh, that he believed that it's possible that intelligences on the other side of death had a technology, and that through that technology they could create a window between the worlds to be able to step in and interact or have intercourse with human beings, and that that technology was possibly the the source of their power to intrude in any locus of space-time, that they could choose any point in space-time, past, present, or future, apply this uh, technology on the other side of death to create uh, an aperture or a portal to come Robert. through and do their thing. Robert, I just had, I just had a, a wickedly horrible thought. What is that? What if the Greys turn out to be us on the other side with their technologies coming over to pay a visit to the living? Mm -hmm. And when we all die, we turn into the Greys as our soul descends to the other side. And that's what we look like on the other side. Yeah, that's a theory other people have espoused, except that I have had my long, long relationship with ghosts most recently, the ghost of my mother, 
who passed away in January, January 3rd. And it's a very terrible Michael thing. Michael Yeah. A terrible thing to go through, but uh, on the seventh day, I had a visitation, and uh, it was my mother who came to my bedside. And I'll tell you, even though it was my mother, it was a paralyzing and a spine-chilling experience. Uh, I lay down, and I felt someone come to my side and brush my shoulder, uh, cloth, as if it was cloth against cloth. And I sensed the presence. And then I felt the field of the, of the being enter my body so that my right shoulder, my right arm, the right side of my ribs was now tingling with this energy that was emanating from, from the spirit. And when I, I acknowledged it, I was paralyzed. I acknowledged it. I said, oh, it's, it's my mother. But it was even more awesome, you know, more awesome presence just, than just my mom. And so I've told people on the show before that when you catch yourself in these states by an intruder, be it alien or demon or angel or the ghost of your mother, you will be paralyzed, but you have your breath. And if you have your breath, you can make a sound, either cry for Jesus or, uh, in my case, at times I have uttered the words, Amen Ra. And much louder than that, because that's uh, the ah sound is the one sound that you can make, you know, when you have only breath and you're par paralyzed. So, amen ra. But I didn't want to say that to my mother, so I said madre, madre. And when I acknowledged her, she just drifted away. But before that happened, I have to tell you, first it was the field of energy that was in my body which I guess is what paralyzed me. But then the spine-tingling electricity that was going from the back of my head all the way through my spine like lightning in that moment was, uh, well, spine-tingling. And it's not, not always bad. You know? It's an affirmation of very deep-seated deep beliefs that I have in the afterlife. Huh. And I've had more than one person I love come to see me and to say goodbye. And other times I've, I've died the death of the person that I cared for as they were dying. I was in a lucid dream and would I, I would experience what they were going through. So, Fascinating. That's parapsychology or what we used to call it. I don't know what ESP. That was what drew me to my career path in psychology. And then, of course, getting involved in uh, Chinese sciences, metaphysics, uh, healing aspects of qi uh, led me to this path of applying tai chi and yoga to psychotherapy. You know, you could be, you could one day be the Iron Fist. <laughs> Say again. That you could, Robert, be the Iron Fist. Oh, the Iron Fist. Yes, because you uh, harness Oh, it can be. I used to have an iron palm. I, I, I used to... <laughs> well, that was something from something called Tiger Claw Kung Fu. Um, instead of uh, clenching your fist or having a chop with the edge of your hand to break a board, I used to do it flat palm with my hand and splinter the board. It's just, you know, those, those I learned, you know, you can do that. It's just 
you know, ego trip or like, but that's not what it's for. I, that shows the destructive power of chi. I could take a three yep. foot board of pine, lay it flat, and what I would do is I, I would collect air in my palm in the sweep, the swing of my hand, collect air, and it would feel to me like the board broke before my hand physically contacted it. But if you, you did it wrong, it hurt a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, trust me. I took karate. I know how that. I know that so thing. I don't advise it. I don't advise it. What did What did mom think of your career path? You know, uh, what, what did she think of what you, you do for a living? My mom always supported uh, whatever I chose. She, uh, and w as she did with my brothers as well. She wanted us to pursue the the path that we thought was right for us, one that was uh, wholesome and fulfilling and uh, satisfied us with life. So I'm very grateful. The other thing I didn't uh, mention, though, as I said, the presence when my mother came to my bedside, that the, the, the energy was awesome. It was more than my mother. It turned out that my stepfather, mm. my stepfather had died that night in, oh my. in Long Beach, California, because when he got word that my mother had died a few days before, he just turned over, he sighed, and decided to go to sleep. So it was a visit from both of them, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm happy to share it with all of you, because I do want to affirm and reaffirm that we are more than our bodies, and we are not our bodies, and that we are immortal, and there is an afterlife. And as my grandfather said, when you're going to die, all the people you love who died before you come to see you. So... Be ready. It can happen at any time. So if I start seeing my loved ones that have uh, deceased, I uh, I should start like you know putting my uh, last will and testament together. Not necessarily, because sometimes <laughs> sometimes they will come to you to give a message, give you guidance, uh, or to avert such such uh, an end. You they know. We've, we've both had a, a loss of a mother. I lost my mother last year in March. I remember. And, uh, I don't know if I ever told you the story of what happened a, a couple, like maybe like two months after she passed. Uh, there was a huge fire here in my house. And uh, I was away at work when this happened. Uh, my power supply blew up, uh, the one in the computer room. Mm -hmm. And it literally sparked, caught fire, and then it just stopped. Now, when when I got home, there was a, a very weird, you know, smoke smell in the house, and uh, immediately I thought, oh, maybe my computer's power supply blew up, and you know, a little puff of smoke you know, came out, and that's what I smell. But as I got into the computer room and I looked behind the computer, uh, mind you, the computer is uh, back to the wall; it's very close to the wall, right? You know, so any fire that comes out, there's going to hit the wall, it's going to catch on fire. I have posters on the wall, which is easy, to, you know, easily uh, to burn. Yeah. And when I pulled everything apart, and I'm going to send you a picture later of this so you can see uh, what I'm talking about. Robert's going to freak you out. Yeah. There's literally a circle on the floor where you can see the power supply explode. The fire that broke out of it, you can see it. It's like charred black from the fire. Uh -huh. Yeah. But then it missed the desk, which was right on top of the fire. The desk did not catch fire where the computer was. The computer wow. was unharmed. The desk was unharmed. The wall was unharmed. None of the posters or the the, the you know things that I have on the wall, like I have a few action figures and Star Wars and stuff like that on the wall. Nothing caught fire; everything was sound. But well, there's this little pocket, this little bubble of of 
fire. I mean, guardian. it was very intense. And you have guardian angels. Uh, I have no doubt about that. No, the thing, here's, the thing, here's where I'm getting it. When, when I walked into the computer room and I smelled that, I went immediately to the, the to the bathroom in the computer room to open the window and get some of the smoke out of there. And I kid you not, in the bathroom, there was nothing but this weird smell. And it was the only time I've ever smelled anything like that was at the funeral home where we were having the funeral for my mother. It was the well, same smell that was in that funeral uh-huh. home was in that bathroom. And that yeah. creeped me the hell out, Robert. I mean, uh-huh. I was, okay. I mean, and then I told, I told my father, I told my brother about that. And uh, the only conclusion we could come up with is that mom said, hey, I'm, I might have passed away, but you're not taking the house too, damn it. And she put a stop to the fire uh, from the <laughs> other side. Because yeah. uh, she, wow. she wasn't going to have that happen. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that reminds me of something that happened to my mom back in the early 1990s. This is amazing. It's a miracle. I come home from work, and as I'm turning the corner, I see fire engines all over the place and all the windows blown out in my mother's apartment, on the second floor of this building where we live. And I walk in, and firemen are lining the hallways, and I go upstairs, and they're all uh, in line to my mother's apartment. And I walk in, and I'm expecting what happened. They said there was an explosion. And I said, my mother all right? She said, yeah, she's inside. And I go in and to hear the story that um, she had turned on the oven and had run out of matches, went out and got a match, and she came back and <laughs> did a wily coyote. She lit the oven, and a ball of fire came out of the oven, raised to the ceiling. But this is the miracle. The ball of flame went propagating sideways and upwards, and when it got to the window... There was a can of uh, aerosol mm. that that exploded. It hit the fire. Hit it. This aerosol exploded. When it exploded, it took off like a jet. Caught a curtain and it flew across the room, across the hallway, into another room, and the curtain swished across my mother's face as the fire uh, enveloped her, and nothing happened to her. Wow! Not 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 a singe. Okay, that's odd to say the yeah. least. That is, then the firemen were beyond belief because it it looked like a war zone. All the windows, and I'm talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, six windows had blown out, and the glass was all over the street. And she had just stood there with the flames engulfing her with the uh, the match in her hand, just perfectly still and in shock. And then, of course. There's elation and, uh, when you when you go through something like that. Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's some, some of fire spirits. That's you know, her, her name is Inez, and it comes from Agni, the the uh, Indian god goddess of fire, Agni, like ignition. That word mm-hmm. comes from. Agni. So uh, her name was Inez, which is like Agnes or Agni. So I'm not surprised, you know. Our mothers were probably fire spirits. Her, t- her temperament, certainly, at times, was very fiery. So. Hey, by the way, another thing that happens when people get abducted is that the aliens will sometimes uh, introduce your your deceased parent or a deceased relative to make you feel a little more at home and cozy when uh, they're taking you for the... Uh, Examination. 
the big ride. Yeah, kind of like in the movie Contact. Remember when they took uh, Jodie uh, oh, Foster's right. character? I had a very interesting experience when I was in California at the San Francisco um, Secret Space Conference, Breakaway Civilization. Oh, yeah. I had the opportunity to listen to John Rappaport, who's uh, a great, uh, great reporter, and um, he's got a, a website called NoMoreFakeNews.com. So, I, I, <laughs> NoMoreFakeNews.com. Actually, I think he he invented the word fake news years and years ago. So, John told the story about um, a Russian cosmonaut woman, uh, Maria Popova who came to the United States uh, and she was interested in psychic things and UFOs, which is really unusual. And he got to speak to her and he found out that she was a uh, psychologist. And he said to her, well, why do, you, why do Russian cosmonauts uh, need psychological, oh, psycho, psychological treatment, psychotherapists? Okay? So he says to her, why, why would Russian cosmonauts need um, psychotherapy after they come back from outer space and she said because many of them see their dead relatives when they're out there wow. many, of them, many of them encounter their dead relatives when they are out there so that was a very cryptic comment he didn't have a chance to follow up or attend a lecture that's an interesting comment yeah, like, what, like, what does he uh, mean by that I mean are Talking about the, the uh, deceased are uh, on the other side with the aliens because the aliens are them from the other side. Or I mean, is it something they plant in their mind just to give them comfort when they're abducting them? Like, where's well, it going with that comment? Think about it. Uh, think about density. The density of matter, right? Yeah. Right. Now, rock, water, steam. What if when we die? The soul is really a vapor, and it's cohesive. It stays together. And what would it do? It drops the body. Gases tend to rise, you know, depending right, on right. Uh, temperature and wind and all that. Maybe that's what it means to rise. And perhaps our souls do rise and are floating up uh, just above the surface or being recycled. Many people believe, including Aristotle believed, that the moon was a place where souls went to be recycled and come put back into uh, the, their next bodies uh, before being given the waters of Lethe to drink to forget your, your past life. Right. That they uh, suppress the memories and then they just package you up again and put you in another container, as the aliens uh, sometimes like to refer to us. Hey, I got a bucket full of quarters that says that uh, that's uh, a possibility. Yeah, Wait, we're, a bit, we're just a bag of sack of meat. Yeah, you know, we're, we're just a sack of meat to, to the universe. I like the word uh, meat host. Uh, you know, Gerald Clark. <laughs> it's Gerald Clark, who's uh, who's really expert on the Anunnaki and uh, the pantheons of all the different uh, ancient civilizations. He calls it the meat host. That we are hosting a spirit. Or spirits, because it's possible, since spirits are immaterial, it's possible that for more than one spirit to cohabitate in a body. That's why you can have certain things like walk-ins, uh, right? Or possession. Well, you know? here's the question, though, because I mean that brings up the question that if that's the case, then in the afterlife, why would we see our relatives? I mean, why would we see any relatives at all? Spirits are free. 
uh, form of, uh, I mean, there's some kind of a being that lives on another plane of existence that has no attachment to the, what reality is on this part of existence. So, I mean, why would we see any relatives when, you know, uh, after death, we could just become a ghost that, you know, floats into an energy field or floats yeah. into an energy it, source, but has no real structure or attachment to their previous lives. I mean, why would we see any relatives at all? Who stumped you? I can't answer that. Right? Not everyone sees it. Some people, let me say this, some people are hardwired by nature to see this. They possess something called the VMAT-2 gene. The VMAT-2 gene is the hardwiring of the human nervous system to be able to have the capacity for higher spiritual experience and expanded consciousness. And if people, if that gene is turned off, the person won't believe in anything. Won't be able to perceive um, higher frequencies of reality, let's put it that way. But if that, that gene is uh, turned on, the person can be extremely psychic or mystic or mystical or shamanic, or a natural healer, or um, either way, yin or yang, could be good or evil. You know, people like uh, Hitler could have been uh, much better, but they were swayed. <laughs> hey, Jesus, Jesus took it to the That's highest. That's an statement, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were other worse than Hitler. I mean, Stalin and, some, and Mao Zedong were far worse than Hitler. He just gets the big press because right. he's he's the local villain. They don't want him to put attention on uh, all the apparatus that conducted uh, Stalin's uh, genocide or Mao Zedong knocking off 80 million people over the course of time. That too, yeah. yeah. So listen, it's coming up to that time when I have to get my, my rest. So I want to tell it is coming uh, up to that time. Now, yes. real quick, before uh, before you go, though, I mean, are you going to be uh, speaking anywhere in the near future at all? Anywhere uh, you want to plug? Um, well, right now, I just would promote uh, the articles uh, that we're publishing on UFO Digest, and uh, I may be doing some talks in June. Right now, as you know, uh, there's a lot of things to do after uh, someone passes away, and that's yeah. what I'm engaged in, you know, family affairs. So that's uh, oh, yeah. the priority right now. But um, I'll be around. I'll be teaching Tai Chi in the local New York area and publishing UFO Digest and UFOdigest.com. We, I want to extend an invitation for all of you to, to read the articles by Steve Erdman and uh, Doc Vega, uh, which are excellent articles. Um, on the, the one uh, by Steve Erdman involves... Uh, the UFO attack on Fort Itiapu in Peru when the UFO came down and terrorized uh, an army unit. You'll get the picture from the cover story, or the cover photo. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. It's, uh, it's always Oh, good. it's always a pleasure to listen thanks, to you. Thanks, Definitely. Yeah. we got to have you back on soon, Robert. You're the best. Love you, thanks. brother. Have a good night. Guys, that is the great Robert Morningstar. And, uh, 
Uh, he is, you know, a, a blast to, to have on the show here with us. And uh, Robert Morningstar is one of those few guests that, uh, you know, even though we, we talk about some strange stuff, he always comes uh, through with uh, some stuff that is very legit sounding because of the, uh, you know, the research that he puts behind uh, the work right. that he and put I over on there. So. It's always unique. It doesn't. He doesn't ever come off as duplicating someone else's thoughts and ideas. Right, so I mean, I love having uh, Robert on. Thank uh, Robert again for being on with us. You check out everybody at uh, ufodigest.com uh, and check out the website and all his work as well as everybody else's uh, great work on that website. Uh, other guys, but another successful week here on Skywatchers Radio. Absolutely, I believe so. And uh, we shall be back next week, hopefully live once again, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, might want to pick up that phone and, and call in and uh, be live with us. Say hello. That's right. Say, hi, guys. How are you? How you doing? <laughs> How's it going, even? Exactly. How is your life treating you? And then after How all of us doing? crying. How yeah, after doing? we cry a little bit, we'll get to some serious talk. But until next time, guys, uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks uh, for listening in. Uh, for listening in. There we go. And uh, this is uh, Scott Watchers Radio saying good night. Take care. Keep looking up to the skies. And if you see something flying around, run inside and grab a shotgun. I don't know. Do whatever you got to do. Take care of yourselves. (laughs) Peace, everybody.